Father, thank you so much for this opportunity that we have to come together in your name. Knowing that you said we two or three are gathered together in your name, you are there with us. And Lord, so we ask and we invite you and we welcome you in this place. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you will grant us to see and to hear as you are speaking to us through your word and your spirit. And Lord, we pray that it will find good soil in our hearts, that it will not just be received with joy, but it will produce in us a harvest, 30, 60, and 100 fold. We ask you this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I, I've been sharing for a while on the mind of Christ, and one of those scriptures um, that I, I think I quoted in passing was just really stood out for me the past week. And I was just meditating and spending some time with the Lord on this scripture in James chapter 4, verse 7. It's um, a very short sentence, really. It, it, it reads as follows. It says, therefore, submit to God. Um, it, it's, it's short, it's powerful, yet it transcends through our mind and spirits when we meditate upon it. And it's this concept of submitting to God that I want to share with you this morning. It's one of the most difficult things and yet most liberating things. To live a life, uh, have a worldview, a, a mindset of submitting to God. Most difficult because of our sinful nature. Be, because in the beginning when God created humanity, He created us in a perfect environment, in a relationship with him that was perfect in our submission to him, our love for him, and our yielding to his authority and under his dominion. And, and with that, we were granted dominion over everything in the earth because of our submission to him, because of our love towards him. We, we were granted dominion over everything. But at the fall, we were presented with an alternative. The devil said, but let me grant you an alternative that you can be like God and you can decide for yourself what is right and wrong. You don't need to be submissive to God who determines what is right and wrong. You can decide for yourself. And so humanity made a choice not to be submissive to God's authority, but to their own authority. And their sin and the curse and the consequence of sin came not just to humanity, but all of the dominion over which we had authority, the world that we live in. And, and with that, we inherited this nature of the one that we submitted to. We, we used to submit to God, then we submitted to the devil, and we inherited his self-centered, rebellious nature. And, and so part of this human nature is to resist authority. And we see that all over the world. However, when we choose to submit to God, it is one of the most liberating ways of life, worldviews, mindset, to live by. Because it places us in God's hands, under his protection, provision, and care. It is such a liberating, free place to live in absolute submission to God. Submitting under God's authority places under us under his direction and his purpose. 
And therefore, it is a very liberating thing to be submissive to God, the creator, the sustainer of life, eternal, all-powerful God. Submitting to him to be in his hands is very liberating. But what is submission? And why should we submit to God? James 4 from verse 7 says the following. It says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So what is submission, and why should we submit to God? Well, the English dictionary says submission is an act of accepting the authority or power of someone else and yielding to them. In other words, letting someone else's will be done over my will. That is what submission means. I acknowledge the authority and the power of someone else and I submit my will to theirs. The Greek literally means to obey, to yield control, or to arrange yourself under someone else. It's a beautiful picture. Not just to obey, but to yield control, but to arrange yourself under someone else. The Afrikaans said it so mooi. Dit sê, ek onderwerp myself, ek onderwerp myself aan iemand anders. And like I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, submission is not agreement. And we find that most powerfully in marriage. Um, you know, we are not submissive when we agree about something. When we agree about something, that is called agreement. Submission comes to play often most powerfully when there is disagreement, when we, we have different opinions, we have a different understanding of the best way forward, and somebody needs to submit to the authority of someone else. And the Word of God says that authority, headship, has been given by God to the husband. So if there is not agreement, the wife should submit under her husband. Now, submission does not only come into place when there's disagreement. Of course, submission always plays out in other aspects also. You can be submissive even in agreement. But, but it comes powerfully forward when there is disagreement. Then the choice of submission becomes a reality. It's easy to submit when I agree. It's difficult to submit when I disagree. <laughs> But submission isn't submission when there's agreement. It's only submission when there is a conflict of interest, will, understanding that takes place. James 4 verse 7 says we need to submit to God. We need to submit to His authority, His understanding, and His power. One of the most powerful Enactments of submission is bowing your knee. When you bow your knee, it is an act of humble submission to the authority of someone else. It's also very interesting that this posture is also the enactment of worship. And, and so when we submit to God, we are actually worshiping God. And if God is God in my life, then he is also Lord of my life. 
If he's truly God, then he's also Lord. He's also the master. The one to whom I bow my knee. And if I accept his authority and power over my life, then I will yield to his will unconditionally. If he's truly God of my life, he is also Lord of my life, and therefore I will yield my life to him, and I will submit to his will and not my own. Now, it is so interesting in, in meditating upon this. Who do we submit to? To what extent do we accept God's authority in our life? Is it only limited to the things that we agree upon? Or does it include the things that is difficult to understand or hard for my flesh or contrary to my own desire and perceptions? Am I willing to submit to God in everything or is it limited to what I agree upon? And that's one of the most challenging things for me when I, when I counsel many people is to realize that we don't all submit in the same way. And it's often because there's a lack of understanding of what submission means. And the reason for doing so. God requires us. James 4 verse 7 says, we must submit to God. So what does that mean? What does God expect us to obey, to follow? And so there's, there are four things that I want to briefly mention. This is not the only things, but I'm going to mention four obvious things that God requires from us as humanity to submit to him. What is God's will for us as mankind? The first and the most obvious thing is that we must have faith in him. It, it is the most obvious and first thing that comes to mind is God's will for us as humanity is that we must believe in him. We must have faith in him. Hebrews 6 verse 11 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. But those who come to him must believe that he is, must believe that he exists, and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So the first step towards submission to God is the fact that we must believe that he exists. And we must also believe in his character. That he is a good God. That he, that he says, but I'm a rewarder of those who diligently seek me. So faith is the first step to submission. We believe that God exists. We believe his character. We believe his word. And we choose to submit to that. There are many that do not want to submit to the thought of the existence of God. Because if that is true, I need to instinctively submit. If there is someone greater, more powerful, eternal, that created all things, a God, it means instinctively. We understand what that means. We need to submit to such a being who created all things who sustains all things, who have absolute authority over all things. So the first step of submission is to have faith in God. The second is to love him. Is to love God. 
As a matter of fact, right from the beginning to the New Testament, we, we read of this will of God for humanity. It's not just to believe that I exist, but that you will love me. And so Jesus was also asked, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, quoting the law, the Ten Commandments. The first commandment is, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. So we not only need to believe that God exists, we need to love him. God calls us to love him. What is God's will for us? To love him. And then thirdly, that flows from that, God's will for humanity is that we should imitate him. If we believe that he exists and that we love him, we are called to also imitate him. To become more like him. And there's so many scriptures that speaks about the fact that we're called to imitate God I just want to read Ephesians 5. I've just been spending so much time there lately. Ephesians 5 is 1 to 2. It says, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. And walk in love as Christ loved us. Imitate him as, the, as he loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So now that we believe that God exists and we love God, God calls us to imitate him. And that naturally flows to the next point. God's will for us is that we were to love one another. As we imitate Christ, it will express itself in its love for one another. 1 John 13, Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, so you ought to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Very powerful. God's will for us is that we must believe in him, we must love him, we must imitate him, and we must love others. And then a fifth one would be that we need to share our knowledge and love of God with those who do not know him. That will be five basic things that God desires of us as humanity. To love him, to believe in him, to love him, to imitate him, to love others, and to share his love with those who do not know him yet. But why should we submit to God? Why do what he says and obey him? Why should we arrange ourselves under God? So the Afrikaans say, onderwerp onself onder sy gesag. Of why should we do that? Well, yeah, four things. Um, again, four very obvious things why we should submit to God. The first and the most powerful thing is, why should we submit to God? Because He is God. I think that is probably the most powerful reason the most reasonable, logical reason for submitting to God is because He is God. He is eternal. He is the creator, the sustainer, the life giver, the source of life, has all wisdom, all power, 
and is completely different to us. That's why we should submit to him. Because he is God. And we are just creatures. We were created by him. And therefore he has all authority. It's the first and most powerful reason why we should submit to God. The second reason is because he bought us at a price. I mean, if that is not reason enough, what is mind-blowing is that even though we are in rebellion against God, God gave his life to redeem us to himself because of his love for us. But if, if, if being God is not reason enough, the fact that he bought me with his own blood and that I no longer belong to myself, I belong to him, is far enough reason for me to submit to God. The second one leads to the third one. The reason for doing this is because he loves me. It's the third reason I submit to God. It is mind-blowing that God, who is God, gave himself for me, motivated because he loves me. And because I know that he loves me, I will willingly lay down my life and submit to his will. Because not only is he God, not only do I belong to him, because not just of his creating power and authority, but because he bought me back with the blood of his son, he loves me. Why should I not submit myself to him? And that leads me to the fourth reason. It's because I love him. And because I love him, I willingly submit to him. The first reason, the fact that he's God is enough. The second reason helps me if I, if I struggle to understand whether this is a good God, whether, whether, it is, whether it's wise, whether it's worth it. When I see how much he paid to redeem my life, and then the mind-boggling fact that it is because he loves me leads me to the next obvious one is to love him back. And I'm sure there are more reasons why we should submit to God, but, but these four are the most obvious and powerful reasons. And it's actually an order of, of importance. First, because he's God. Secondly, because he bought me. Not with gold and silver, but with the blood of his son. And thirdly, because he loves me, but, but the least is my love towards him. Because that's based on my, on my own perception and feeling and emotion and understanding. But because I understand one, two, and three, four, comes naturally because love is not just emotional. Love is a choice based on facts. And so those four things are what, what leads us to submit to God. And as I was lead, reading James chapter 4, the, verse 7 really stood out for me where it says, therefore, and as you know, I, I, I love the word. I, I love spending time in God's word and I, and I love discovering more things about God and, 
And one of my favorite English words in the Bible is therefore. Because it always points to a premise, a statement, a fact that was made, and, and it leads us to a conclusion. And here we see a powerful therefore. It says, therefore, submit to God. And as I was reading it, it really just stood out for me. And I want us to, to read together and discover what the therefore is saying. And so I want us to read together here from verse 1. It says, where do wars and fight come from among you? Or in the ESV says, what causes quarrels and fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have, and so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly. To spend it on your passions. You adulterous people. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is with to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us. But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says... God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. What a powerful revelation. And this is what I believe God is saying to us as individuals and as a church this morning. I want to highlight three things concerning why we should submit to God. Over and above the four already mentioned, these are the three things that I believe the Lord is saying to us. First reason why we should submit to God is because he is a jealous God. He is a jealous God. He's jealous because he loves us. Right throughout the Old Testament, we see how God declares that he is jealous over us. And the reason being is because he loves us. He's jealous over us. That's why we submit to him. But here's the point that I believe is for us. He says, I resist the proud, but give grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. It's a powerful revelation of who God is. His character and his nature. He's a loving God. He's jealous over us. But he resists the proud. And he gives grace to the humble. Money. Money. Manuel, can I ask you to quickly come up to the stage? You know, you know what resistance would come up? Come up the stage. Name it up. You see what? Come, come, come up. Come up, up the stage. Up. You see what I'm doing? This is called. Resistance. God says he resists the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. Yeah, thank you. Amen. You're not a proudful man. <laughs> God resists the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. When we submit to God. 
it is an act of humility. We say, I choose to place your will above mine. God says, I give grace to the humble, but I resist the proud. Therefore, submit to God. Humble yourself before God. And what must you do? You must resist the devil. Let's read James 4. It says, Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, your sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Submitting to God enables us so powerfully to overcome the devil. So he says, submit to God, submit to God, and resist the devil. Not the other way around. Not resist God and submit to the devil. Like we did in the beginning. And so many times when we read the word of God, we are challenged not just by what the word says, but what the world says in opposition to what the word says. And that's why it says, don't you understand it? If you want to be a friend with the world, if you want to do what the world says, you're making yourself an enemy of God. You need to submit to God's ways, not to the world's ways. So submit to God. Why? Because he gives grace to the humble. <laughs> but he resists the proud. Now I say something powerfully about our adversary. What, what, what are the reasons, the benefits that we obey God? Well, one of those is the fact that we have an adversary. We have an adversary, the devil, who goes out looking who he can devour, to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And so powerfully, one of the benefits to submit to God is the fact that we resist the devil. Because the one that you submit under is the one to whom you belong. When we submit under God's authority, the one you obey is the one who is your master, the one who, whose control you are under. And so powerfully, when we submit to God, we are under his control. The word says, the one that you obey is your master. And so we read in John, oh, in Romans chapter 6, the following. It says, what then? Are we to sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourself to anyone as obedient slaves, you are the slave of the one you obey. Either sin leading to death or obedience which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you, once slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the standard of the teaching which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, you have become slaves of righteousness. So who do we obey? Do we obey the world? Well, then you're a slave of the world. Or do we obey God? Do we submit to God, his ways? Or do we submit to another? The one we submit to determines to whom we belong. The one that we belong is the one who gives us authority. 
Outside of God's authority, we are exposed to the elements. It's like being outside of the house. If you submit to God, you are in his house. You belong to God and his authority rests upon you. But if you're outside of the house, you're exposed to the elements, the wind and the rain, and the devil can have a field day with you. If you resist God and you submit to the devil, you give him right in your life. And so it's important to ask ourselves, who do we submit to? And to what extent do we submit? Do we submit to God in everything? That's why it's so liberating when I submit to God in everything. My life, my finances, every aspect of my life. If I submit to God, it is under his control and protection. That what I choose not to submit to God is not under his protection. And it gives the devil a foothold to come and to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And that's why it's so important to find out what is the will of God and submit to it. It's liberating. If I'm in his house and I'm submitted to him, God says, you bear my name and my authority. And if you submit to me, you can resist the devil. And what will he do? You don't need to fight him. You just need to submit to me. Then resist him. And he understands submission of authority. He will flee from you. The devil only has right in our lives that what we give him. What we give him is what we don't submit to God. He comes and takes. You don't need to give it to him. You just don't need to submit it to God. He will take it for you anyway. It's a freebie. So let's find out what is the will of God. <laughs> we have an enemy, an adversary, but so powerfully when we submit to God, we stand in his authority and we can resist him. That's one of the benefits. And there's another benefit that is even more powerful. It continues. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. As I said earlier, when we, when we submit to God, it is an act of worship. It draws us closer to him. The reason we submit to what he says is because we want to know him. Like Ephesians 5 says, it says, find out what is pleasing to the Lord. And understand what the will of God is. When, 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 I, when I believe that God exists. And I love him. I want to know him. And because I want to know him. I, I, I'm going to search the scriptures. To understand who he is. And what is pleasing to him. And what is his will. And when I find out what is pleasing to him and what is his way of life, and I do that, I take a step closer to him. When I resist what he says and do the opposite of what his ways are, I am stepping away from him. The powerful thing is God says that if you draw near to me, I, I will draw near to you. It's powerful in that God is saying, you don't need to become perfect like me before I will Reveal myself, if you step towards me, I will step towards you. It's like the word says that if you diligently seek me, I will step, I will make myself known to you. 
It's one of the greatest benefits of submitting to God. We get to know him. When we, when we obey his word, his way of life, God reveals himself to us. John 14 verse 21 says the following. He says, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father and I will manifest myself to him. It is the most precious thing in my life. It is knowing him more. Every day discovering something new. Sometimes I agree with the things that I read. You are a loving, merciful God. And other times it challenges my flesh and my will and I need to submit myself because that is who you are. You say, even though I have the right to retaliate, I shouldn't. Lord, that is so difficult. <laughs> but I choose to do so. And every time I do, God reveals something more about himself. So I want to encourage you, the most precious, liberating thing that we have in this life is to submit to God. Not just for his protection, but for his revelation of himself to us. It just grants us more of God in a relationship that is more precious than anything else. The third thing, benefit that we have in submitting to God is what follows when it says, cleanse your hands, your sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. It means submitting to God leads us to cleanse ourselves, wash our hands, literally, you sinners. In other words, you, you will cleanse yourself from the filth of what you were doing. You, you were touching and doing things that are sinful, and as you submit to God, you will cleanse your hands. You will stop sinning. It's an amazing benefit of of submitting to God is that you will stop hurting others because what sin is is hurting others and yourself and by submitting to God you will you will cease from doing it and cleanse your hands you, you will purify your hearts from being double-minded being being swayed left and right by what your desires of the flesh wants and the world wants and then you're here and then you are there and you are double-minded in who you should or should not follow and when should I follow God, when should I not follow God but if I submit to God, I follow Him always and I'm no longer double-minded and, and, and now the wind and the waves can no longer direct me world and its circumstances cannot dictate my decisions only God does and it purifies my heart and it cleanses me. And the benefit of it is those around me. And if we meditate upon these things, when we choose to submit ourselves to do these things, God gives us grace. Because we can't truly cleanse ourselves. And we can't purify our hearts. Only God can. That leads us back to Jesus and the gospel, the good news. That we are saved not by works, but by grace. When we humble ourselves before him and say, God, I want to accept you as my God and my Lord, my Savior and my King. 
God comes and pours his grace over us because of the sacrifice of his son. And he washes us clean. He purifies us. He justifies us. He redeems us. He calls us his own. And then tells us to call him father. <laughs> it's the most precious thing that we have. God gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit yourself to God. Draw near to him. And he will draw near to you. I want us to close our eyes for a moment. And let us consider our own hearts. Let us consider the word this morning and and whatever the Holy Spirit laid on your heart, I want to give you an opportunity just to respond to him in your own words. Maybe ask the Holy Spirit to, to open our hearts to see if there's areas in our life that we have not yet submitted to him. Maybe you are struggling in an area and God is, in a loving way, inviting you this morning to let go and to trust him, to submit to him, to bow your knee to the things not just that you agree with, but, but the things you disagree with. The things that are hard for you to understand or, or difficult for you to do. God is inviting all of us this morning. I'm going to give you an opportunity just where you're seated, just to spend some time with Him. If you have not Receive the cup for communion. If you can just raise your hand as well. The ushers will come and bring you the elements for communion. But just in your own time, just speak to the Lord. we are praying if you are here this morning and you and i'm not going to ask people to come forward it's just between you and the lord but if you are here this morning you realize there's areas in your life that you haven't submitted to god yet and you want to do so i want you just to respond to the lord while all the eyes are closed and i'm gonna i'm gonna start off with the, with, with the most important one if you're here this morning, if you realize, but you haven't bowed your knee to God, not just as the creator, but as your savior and Lord. I want to give you an opportunity. So many people follow Jesus as their savior, but, but not as their Lord. And so this morning, I want to give you an opportunity. If you haven't embraced Jesus as your savior and Lord, I want to give you an opportunity to respond right now, just where you sit to say, God, I want to respond to your grace humble myself and ask for your love and your forgiveness. 
I want to belong to you. And so I want to give you my life. I want to bow my knee today. If that is you, just, just where you are, just raise your hand. Thank you. You can drop it again. Is there anybody else? Just quickly raise your hand. You realize you need to bow your knee before Jesus. You need to surrender your life. I'm going to start off by, by praying. Father, I want to thank you for that response this morning, Lord. I want to thank you, Lord, for a decision to bow a knee before you. Out of free will. Thank you, God, for the grace that you've given us. That in this dispensation of time, before you return, we can choose to bow our knee and be redeemed. Justified, cleansed, forgiven. Forever and ever. Thank you, God, for the assurance that if we believe and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. And I thank you for the salvation this morning, God. I want to thank you with boldness I can declare, you are saved, redeemed, washed, cleaned, forever and ever. God, I thank you for this in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that your spirit will fill her to the full, that you will open her eyes and her understanding to see and to know how much you have given her in Christ Jesus. I want to pray for the rest of us. If you believe there's an error in your life that you need to surrender, I want you to just respond before the Lord. You know there's an error in your life. If there's an error in your life, you still need to respond just raise your hand. Just, it's just an act of faith between you and the Lord. You could just raise it, drop it. It's just, between, it's just an act of faith. It's humbling, isn't it, sometimes? Even just to put up our hand while nobody's looking. But it is part of submission in a powerful way. And I want to pray especially for you raising your hand. Or even for some of you, you are struggling. And I believe for some of you, you are fighting the devil. And I don't know if it is in your finance. I don't know if it's in your relationships. I don't know if it's in your health. But you are fighting the devil. And God is saying today, submit to me first. Submit to me. Find out my will. And do that. And I will not just give you grace. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Isn't that Malachi? Yes, it's Malachi. For those who are struggling your finances, God is saying, submit to me and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. And so, Father, I pray for each and every hand that has been raised, Lord, every battle that has been fought, Lord. I thank you in Jesus' name as we submit to you, Lord. We have the authority of Christ to stand on snakes and scorpions, Lord, to overcome the plans of the enemy. And all the schemes of the devil. Thank you, Lord. We overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And the fact that we are not afraid to lose our lives for you. We in absolute submission surrender to your life. God, I thank you that as people are surrendering, and you can just bring those things by name. Whatever it is that you're struggling with, whatever area in your life you realize you need to surrender to him. As you name those things, God, I thank you. Just in your own words, just bring it before the Lord. God, I thank you, Lord, that as people are surrendering and bowing their knees before you, Lord, I thank you for your authority, your blessing, your presence to enter into those aspects of their lives. Lord, thank you that you will vindicate, you will honor, you will provide, you will lead, you will guide them. Lord, I thank you for the testimonies that will come. 
of your faithfulness in every area of life as we submit to you. We submit to you, God. It is our greatest privilege, our greatest privilege to bow our knee before you. Thank you for your grace to allow us to do so. Teach us, Lord, to do so more every day. Help us, Lord, as we read your word to discover your will and to choose to do it. That we may know you more and more. In Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for your son. Thank you for coming to us, to establish in us eternal life, to redeem us for your son. Lord, we, we are mindful of your sacrifices. We take this bread. We remember the cost. Let us not forget the cost for saving us. Let us eat together. Lord, we thank you for your blood that was shed for us. This is the seal of the new covenant. This is your will for us. That none of us will perish. But that we all may come to partake of this cup. The cup of your suffering, but the cup of your redemption and eternal life. And a promise to be with you forever and ever. Thank you God that whosoever believes and drinks of this. In faith will have eternal life. And so we choose to believe that you came to die for us, that we may have life. Let us drink together in Jesus' name. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for hope. Thank you for purpose. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's another sermon, but I have a word for somebody here. If you're trying to find your will for your life, first find God's will for life. In finding God's will for all of us, you will discover your individual will within it. And let me help you. God's will for us is to believe in Him, to love Him, to imitate Him, and to love others. And in doing so, you will find your individual will and purpose. May God bless you. Thank you for coming. Please join with us for some refreshments. If you need of prayer, if you responded, I would love to pray with you. Um, otherwise, trust to see you next week. Can I ask you that we act on God's will? His will is that we must love one another. And that we can start right now. And I want to ask you as you partake of fellowship and coffee, why don't you find someone you do not know and spend just two minutes, just two minutes introducing yourself and asking them about themselves, loving them in doing so. That's God's will for us. Amen? First two minutes, fellowship with someone you don't know and the rest of the time with those you do. May God bless you as we submit to Him and love each other. Amen.